Welcome to More Than A Few Words, Marketing Conversation for Business Owners. MTFW is part of the Digital Toolbox, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And in this episode, we're going to talk about style guides, but we're not going to talk about colors, and we're not going to talk about fonts, because your brand is more than just colors and fonts. It's also about the words that you choose, and that's what we're going to focus on today. My guest, Maddie Osman, is the author of Writing for Humans and Robots, The New Rules of Content Style. She's a digital native with a decade-long devotion to creating, engaging, accessible, and relevant content. Her efforts have earned her a spot in BuzzSumo's Top 100 Content Marketers and The Right Life's 100 Best Websites for Writers. She's spoken for audiences at WordCamp US, SearchCon, and Denver Startup Week. And today she's chatting with us. Maddie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Lorraine. This is going to be fun because this is something I really am passionate about. Let's start with some basics. Why do brands need custom style guides? Sure. I think it's good even if they have sort of an already created foundational style guide, like AP style. And so if you're already sort of married to one of these widely accepted style guides, that's already a really good first step because it reduces a lot of questions and confusion. But taking that a step further to define it for your brand, it just means that you're going to get better outputs. And what I found on my team is it helps to reduce edits. And that's that's the main thing. It's it's about efficiency, if if nothing else. Okay, so I'm going to approach this idea of a style guide. But if all I do is use, as you say, the AP style guide, Mm -hmm. everything I write is going to feel like everybody else's. That's very true. Yeah. And I think also a limitation with something like the AP style guide is it's written for timely news journalism, but like a lot of the content that my company is creating for our clients is more evergreen in nature. Like the timeliness doesn't even really factor into it only in that we're going after topics that are interesting to people today that you know, have some obvious relevance, you know, to kind of what we're talking about. To your point, if you don't ever take the time to say, like, this is how we do subheadings, you know, this is how we generate titles, this is how we incorporate expert guidance, you know, whatever, there's so much nuance. And if if you're a, a content production machine, whether that's for other clients, or you just have high output team for for your own brand, it really does make sense to define those styles for you because you're going to be making a lot of content. Absolutely. And you hit on something there. You you talked about this idea of if you have a a team of people. Mm -hmm. When I was running my agency, everybody wrote, that was kind of a rule, was that everyone had to write a blog post every now and then. And while each person had their own voice, we wanted that consistency. Right. And so as, as I'm thinking about doing this for my business, what kind of things can I include in my style guide that really will maybe personalize it and allow maybe my brand to come through a little bit? Totally. Yeah, we've, we've touched on a couple of sort of like the top level categories. And I think that it's always helpful to use those foundational style guides like AP style, like another brand style guide to just see what the structure is, because that makes it a lot easier to fill out. You're not starting with a blank page. Other things that 
we've also like sort of alluded to are things like word choice, being really intentional with the words you choose, you know, trying to cut fluff is a a big thing, I think, especially for us, since we're just producing a lot of blog content, Um, higher word counts, they can sometimes lead to that. It's also things like using inclusive language so that you're not unintentionally alienating the audience that you want to serve. And I think because we are, most of us are writing for this like digital internet global audience, you have to think about culture and how something might make sense to you and your culture. But if your target audience or even just a reader you didn't expect comes across it and feels some sort of way because you weren't thoughtful about the words you use, like, like that's a miss. And so that's, I think that's the main thing that a style guide helps to prevent. And then another just quick tip in thinking about your brand or the brands that you write about and for, it's like taking the time to make sure that you're capturing the correct brand spellings, like the the correct punctuation and capitalization and all that. A style guide makes it very clear so that you can have that consistency so that whoever's writing, the voice might be different, but the, the formatting is the same. You really hit on a couple of interesting points there. One is being inclusive and Mm. I'm going to challenge you and take the opposite perspective. Let's hear it. As a marketer, when I want to target my message Mm. and I really want to hit home with a particular audience, I'm going to advocate for a style guide that is in a way exclusive, not offensive, but clearly is talking to people who look or feel this way or have this specific need. And I'm not going to worry if I turn off the other people because in that application, I don't care. They're not buying from me. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a fair point. And we do have aspects of our style guide that speak to like that exact target audience that we're going after, which is it's different for every brand, but essentially we're mostly writing for an audience of digital marketers for most mm-hmm. pieces. And so we, we have some parts of our style guide where we're specifically talking about like, how do we talk about SEO? There's a lot of whatever the opposite of absolutes are indefinites. There's a lot of indefinites <laughs> when it comes to talking about SEO, because a lot of the times we're just kind of guessing or we're using whatever data Google cares to give us. And so We have certain things in our style guide that are like, you know, when you're talking about things, present them in a certain way because we don't know for sure because Google hasn't told us that. And so I think it is important to for the topics that you write about often for for those specific subjects to to give guidelines about how to best approach them so that you don't unintentionally alienate the audience you want to serve. Absolutely. The other point there is it's really about knowing what are the goals for your brand and for your communication. If you're trying to cast this very wide net, then you're going to focus on things that are broader, perhaps a little vaguer because the rules change or they apply differently. And then again, on the other side of it, if you've got this niche really focusing in on that. As I'm thinking about this, and you alluded to it a little bit, how well do you define do and don't words? Oh, yeah. No, this is this is something that in the book specifically that I wanted to take our style guide and add a lot of useful context and then examples. And so 
that was something that was missing where it, it it's like, here's the rule, but how do you actually use it? And so I think it does make sense for brands to take the time. And all you really have to do is go through the content you're already editing and just have an eye for it and to take notes as you're doing it to be like, okay, I edited that. This was why I edited that. Here's maybe the corresponding, you know, style rule that has to do with that. And so now what not to do, that's what it was what to do, here's how I changed it. And then applying it to the rule, it kind of comes full circle. So yeah, that is that is so important because a rule without examples is just a pain. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I have found with designers and with writers, initially there's pushback on style guides because they felt like it was limiting their creativity. Mm. But once they got used to it, I think they find, I mean, I know from myself, when you give me the the fence, yes. it's a lot easier. I can spend a lot more time being creative inside the fence. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, like if you have a journaling practice or something, it's a lot easier to have a prompt of like, what are you grateful today? What are things you're going to focus on? You know, like the questions or what's your mantra for the day, whatever. Um, I have always found it hard to to operate creatively without even giving myself a brief of what I'm trying to do. So yeah, I think a style guide it, it shouldn't it shouldn't ultimately get in the way of you being creative. It should it should help you to create something that's consistent because I think consistency builds trust, and that's what you need from your audience to get them to buy from you. Absolutely. Maddie, this was fabulous. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to encourage everybody, if you are intrigued by some of the things that Maddie was talking about, you definitely want to hop over to Amazon and look for Writing for Humans and Robots, the new rules of content style. Also, there'll be a link in the show notes to the Blogsmith Style Guide. Check it out. There's some great tips there as well. Thanks, Maddie. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to find other resources for your business, be sure to check out digitaltoolbox.club. Look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.